0: This morning we're going to do something unexpected. Y'all ready for something unexpected? Got one ready, Chris. He's already ready for everything. Anything unexpected. Uh, What what I'd like to do this morning, I really had not planned on doing this, so it's even more unexpected than I thought. Uh, Is there anybody in here you don't know? (laughs) Huh? Is there somebody in here you don't know? All right, we're going to do something for just a minute. All right, and I see some faces like, uh, what is going on right now? What I'd like to do is take one minute. I want you to maybe it's the person you sang over earlier, maybe not. Just somebody you don't know, what I'd like for you to do is go find that person. We're going to take like three minutes here. Yeah, you're going to have to stand up. If you can't move around, that's fine. Somebody will come to you. If nobody comes to you, I'm sorry. But I want you to find somebody you don't know. Can you do that? Nobody's wanting to do it. All right, stand up. Let's stand up. Deep breath. And they can be right behind you. Maybe they're behind you. Maybe you don't have to go anywhere. I want you I'm going to, ask, you're going to ask them three questions. I'm like, this isn't church. Like, I want you to find somebody. You don't know, you're going to ask them three questions. You tell them you love them, first of all, and say, I didn't expect this. All right, I want you to ask them, one, what their favorite ice cream is. That's an easy question. Do that. Find out somebody's favorite ice cream. you got like 20 seconds. Go. Oh, that sounds good. Find somebody you don't know. Find somebody you don't know. All right, you stay with that person. Once you find them, you stay with them, okay? Man, I've created a mess. I'll never get them back. If you're online, text somebody you don't know. Okay, did you find their favorite ice cream? Favorite ice cream. All right, next question. Next question. You all having too much fun. Next question, where are you from? Where are you from? That's simple. Find out where they're from. It's got to go both ways. Life story, life story happening right now. All right. That's how means quiet, be quiet. Okay, all right, let's. All right, one more question. You got one more question. One more question. Did you get their name for say that get their name. But one more question, what brought you to this place? Why are you here? What drew you to this place? Why are you here? All right, you're slowing down. All right, did you get all your ice cream, where they're from, why they're here? All right, let's let's get back to her seats. Was that unexpected? This morning we're going to get into a, a passage of scripture that is powerful. Who enjoyed that? Did you meet somebody new? Doesn't that feel good? Like, it feels like you come here and you see faces, you don't know names. So we're going, we might do not that full on, maybe not during the sermon, but we're going to take some time doing that for the next few weeks so we can meet some new people. Some names. Doesn't it just feel good to meet new people? We're in a passage here today where some, some people meet for the first time. All right, we're, we're in a passage here in Acts chapter 10 uh, where two people meet for the first time, and there's actually a group of people in this room uh, that meet for the first time, and, uh, and it's mind blowing. Y'all got the, the mind blown emoji on your phone somewhere? What happens right here in this passage? Is mind-blowing. And I'm going to break this passage down into three things that we're going to talk about uh, this morning. Because we got a lot of verses and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them. We're going to catch the highlights. There's big stuff happening here. Which means every point is going to be really good. <laughs> Maybe. You're not too optimistic. Hey, buddy. Uh, three sections. If you want to mark it in your Bible. If you got your Bible, you just want to remember it. Uh, the mix... In verses 24 through 33, there's an assembly of people that are together, uh, and we're going to talk about the mix of people that are there, kind of like here this morning. Uh, And then 34 through 43, we find the message that Peter shares with them, and then in 44 through 48, we're going to see the method. That's the breakdown of this morning, the mix, the message, the method. Y'all ready? It's a lot of verses. I want to read them all to you first. I need you to stick with me. I'm going to go all the way through 24 through 48. You need to hear them, and then we'll talk through them and catch the highlights, okay? You remember what was happening up until this point? Y'all remember Cornelius, right? He was the centurion or a Roman leader of a, 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 the mil- military guy, led a, led a crew of 100 and um and 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 god uh, he was praying and god came to him and 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 he said uh, a messenger came to him and said your prayers and your good deeds have come uh, before god he's seen it and so you need to send up uh and get get peter he's hanging out with simon the tanner where did simon the tanner live y'all will remember this by the sea he was by the sea we're going to get that here and so, so Cornelius gets up from the vision. He sends his people up to get Peter. While Peter's there at Simon the Tanner's, he's just chilling out, hanging out, resting for a while. God gives him a vision about unclean and clean food, which is a very uh, important thing in Jewish tradition and ritual and religion. You can only eat certain foods. And, 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 and this also led to them not wanting to be around Gentiles or other races, people that were not Jews. And one of the primary reasons is because they ate unclean foods. And so this vision to Peter showing, showing Peter something. And then Cornelius sends some people up to get Peter. And this is, the, this is what happens when Peter gets to Cornelius' house. Okay, that's where we're at. You ready? Got that background? They arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. Okay, I was going to read it all, but I got to stop there. <laughs> how about the faith of Cornelius he just sent his men up there you know what they didn't do when they left Joppa with Peter text him and say we're on our way I bet they didn't I almost guarantee it but Cornelius had so much faith that he invited friends and relatives over they were there waiting waiting he had no idea who even Peter was or if Peter was even really there. Yet God had placed something in his heart, and it was so strong. He had faith. He went ahead and invited everybody over about what was getting ready to happen. And he, uh, 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 he, uh, these guys had not, Peter had not checked in in Caesarea that he was close by. You know, this is not what was happening. It was, it was faith. And as Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, Stand up, I'm a human being just like you. So they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. Peter told them, You know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me. Cornelius replied, four days ago I was praying in my house about this same time. It was about three o'clock in the afternoon, and suddenly a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. He told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Now send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He's staying in the home of Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore so i sent for you at once in the message paraphrase of that Cornelia, it says so i did it god told me to do it so i did it isn't that so simple god told me to do it so i did it so i sent for you at once and it was good for you to come now we're all here waiting before god to hear the message the lord has given you then peter replied i see very clearly So that's the mix through 33. That's the people that are there. It's Cornelius, his friends, his family, Peter. And he brought some of the the believing Jews and circumcised Jews with him. And so that's who's in the room. And then here comes Peter's sermon, his message. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all they did throughout Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross, But God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We are those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. That's pretty powerful. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all the living and the dead. He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. That was the message. We've got the mix. we got the message. Now we're going to see the method of salvation for these people. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. That's our passage, uh, that's what happened. Uh, One author, uh, Stott was his last name, said the principal subject of this chapter is not so much the conversion of Cornelius, but the conversion of Peter. It's what I love about this passage. Like I'm really excited to share some stuff with you because it's incredible what God is doing here. I want to start talking about the mix of people. Why is this mind blowing? The people that were there. Um, And for me, what is mind-blowing? It's mind-blowing to me about who God unites, who God can bring together uh, and ends up in this place uh, that none of them should have been together. And Peter says it when he gets there. He's like, I want you to know, this is totally off the wall. I would have never done this. I cannot believe I'm here is basically what he started out by saying. And then he walks in with him and he goes into Cornelius' house and Cornelius who is a, a Roman, a, a leader that probably has a home in Rome and a home in Caesarea, and, and he's moving, and he's a man of the world. And, and you got Peter, who is not that, who's a fisherman from Galilee, from backwoods, small town. Little guy. This kind of be like, you all remember Mad Dog Mattis? He's the, he was like the Secretary of Defense or something under Donald Trump, you know, like this respected leader. And Larry the cable guy hanging out. Okay, Peter's not Larry the Cable Guy, he's not that. But I want you to imagine those two hanging out together, be like, that'd be weird if they just chilling, you know, New Year's Eve. That'd be a weird get-together. This is a weird get-together. All right, Peter being in Cornelia's house is a weird get-together. And Peter's leading the way, and and, and God has shown him this vision, and he's there, and he he gets there, and he says some things. I think it's amazing. They kind of give preference to one another. One, Peter came all this way to get there after the men sent for him. And, And Cornelius does something when he gets there. He gets down and starts to try to worship Peter. It says in verse 25, as Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshiped him. And I love what Peter says. He pulled him up, and he says, stand up. Like I, I'm just a human being, just like you. It says, so they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. I want to share just this picture with you. You know, there's still people that worship Peter. There's a statue where people still go to kiss Peter's feet. And I, I can just imagine if he was there, he'd, be, he'd say, what are you doing? I'm just a man. I'm just a man. I'm just like you, Cornelius, and and what he was ex- really excited to share with Cornelius was how God was changing his heart. And I think it's uh, I think it's it's amazing that Peter himself says, "Hey, I appreciate Cornelius, but I'm just a man." This is Peter. All right, you got to remember who Peter was. It's the same Peter that. That, you know, was just kind of, he, he's off the cuff, he's risky, he's, he's always pushing the envelope. He gets ahead of himself when he was following Jesus. Uh, you know, he cuts the guy—the—the—the the, the, the guard's ear off, remember, in the, in the garden. Uh, this, is, this is that Peter. Uh, and, and then he's also the Peter that Jesus says, you're going to deny me three times, Peter. And uh, Peter says, I'd never do that. And then he goes straight and does it, kind of like what we do. But it's also the same Peter that Jesus said, Upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. It's also the same Peter that as they, uh, after Jesus had appeared to him, and they sat uh, by the water, and Peter had been so like disappointed, he was frustrated. He had gone back fishing, and Jesus hollers at him. He toiled all night, hadn't caught anything, and he comes swimming to the sea when he realizes it's Jesus, and Jesus begins to cook breakfast for him and says, Peter, will you, love my, will you feed my sheep? Will you feed my sheep? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? That's this Peter. It's also the Peter that on the day of Pentecost, he stood up and preached the most powerful sermon that's ever been preached. He's the one that God chose in that moment to begin to build his church on planet Earth. He preached the first sermon. 3,000 people got saved. People broke out speaking in different languages. It became so evident. It was so obvious that God was doing something different. That's this Peter, and that Peter who's leading this church, building churches, preached at Pentecost, walks into Cornelius, a Gentile, a dog in their world, and says, hey, I'm just a man. Isn't that powerful, the humility that Peter had? I want us to see just for a minute that we might be in a, a, a similar situation of the mix of people in this place, in our church, in our congregation, that we got people from all kinds of different walks and backgrounds, de- denominations, places, and yet somehow God in blowing our mind can say, I can take all this and build unity. Amen. I, I, I can take all this and do something powerful. Because the world gets together with people they're like. That's how it works. Like, you hang out with people your age. You hang out with people in your profession. Like, you do things like that. In the church, like, it's all kinds of socioeconomics. It's all kinds of different professions. It's backgrounds. It's race. It's like like we are followers of Christ. That's our unity. That's what anchors us. That's what pulls us together. And that's what God uh, was doing here. Let me tell you about this year. Some things you might uh, uh, can expect is to become some with some people you wouldn't have otherwise you should be making some friends that aren't like you some friends that, that 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 don't wear the same kind of clothes you wear drive the same kind of car you drive don't have the same kind of job you have like this should be a place when god moves he will blow your mind about who he's going to bring together all right in this place and in this work the next we see is Peter's message that he brings to him. We see the mix, this dynamic people, this mind-blowing, I cannot believe that they're all there together. And then it's a, it's a preacher's dream. Because Cornelius says, we're all here and we can't, hate, can't wait to hear what you have to say. Like they're sitting on the edge of their seat. Like you all are every Sunday morning. Just waiting. I can't wait. What's he going to say? Well, oh, he's come all the way here from Harold. <laughs> What's he going to say today? I can't wait. And that's what Peter had. He was, he, a, a, and you know what? The first thing uh, he says, I want you to just, I want you to forget everything you know about Jesus and church and everything you've been told. I want you to hear Peter's words in this message like a fresh first time. You know what the first thing he says I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. You know what that's saying to me? This Peter that preached Pentecost, that they sent for, that that Cornelius laid down to worship, the first thing in his sermon he says is, I have been wrong all my life. I have been wrong all my life. Like, I thought Gentiles were hopeless. I thought God would, he only loved Jews. I thought this, like, I've been wrong all my life. God shows no favoritism. He doesn't pick people based upon uh, uh, their, their standing or, um, or, or their nationality or their looks or their position person or appearance possessions or position abilities or works health or stature like none of that matters god's church is not like uk recruiting they show favoritism Right? They're looking for the strongest, the toughest, the most talented, the giftest, the people with the most heart. Like that's, that's what you want when you're recruiting to, to, to win the Citrus Bowl and, and you know keep winning bowl games and, and things. I, are we a football school now? I don't know. But when, when they're recruiting, they're picking the best and they're, they're throwing the others to the side. Like they, threw, like they don't even know who I am. They never knew who I was. Nobody ever said, Jared, you all need to look at Jared. Nobody ever said that to them, I promise. Not Jared Arnett, anyway. They show favoritism. You see, in our world, everything is around favoritism. Politics is all about favoritism. Who's the favorite? It's about picking people on your team who can do the most for you, who have the most resources, who can help you the most, who can benefit you. Then I build a relationship with them because they can help me. And God says, I'm not in that game. And Peter says, God's not in that game. I I see he's not in that anymore. He's not picking people based on anything. And what's mind-blowing about this message for me is that Peter, who is the preacher, who is the person we look up to, is is himself being transformed and changed. Like continuing to grow, and God is continuing to reveal himself to him. It tells me, Jared, don't ever get to the spot where you think you're not going to grow where you think you don't have things to learn about God and so what's going to be beautiful about this year for us is we're going to grow in our knowledge of God together like every single person here from the youngest to the oldest we're going to continue to grow in our understanding and knowledge of who God is let me give you the outline of Peter's sermon he says God's no respecter of persons God sent Jesus through Israel preaching peace and was Lord of all. Jesus is God's anointed Savior. Jesus was crucified. Jesus was raised up by God. Jesus appeared to chosen witnesses in which Peter was one. Jesus shall judge the living and the dead. you know how he judges the living and the dead? Chooses where, you be, where you're going to be in eternity on what you did with Jesus. Did you believe in me? Did you put your heart? In, uh, did you give me your heart? Did you trust in me or did you trust in yourself? Were, were you trying to be your own God and, and think you knew more about, about heaven and hell and earth and, and good and wisdom? Or did you, did you humble yourself before me and let me be your God and make me your one and only God? Did you love me with all your heart? Did you put your faith in me? That's it, that's it, that determines our eternity. Jesus shall judge the living and the dead. He is the prophesied Messiah, and then he gets to the end and he says, believing in Jesus brings forgiveness of sins. I want you to do something real quick for me. I want you to look at somebody you don't know and say, what are you doing here? Come on now. All right, one, two, three, just say, what are you doing here? (laughs) What are you doing here? That's the way they felt. like. You know they had to feel that way. And the last passage here, so we see the mix of people that are there that's just unique, and it's a way that only God could bring it together. And the people that we have here, it's only God who could bring it together. And we see the message that Peter shared, just this really short gospel story. He shared the gospel succinct, and like it was what, six, seven, nine verses? I, I, I don't know. But he gave them, like from the beginning to the end, Jesus is all of it. He is all that matters. And then what's mind-blowing for me is the the method of salvation. It's like how simple it is. Because as I was reading this, it's 44. It says, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. Oh, you mean people got saved and they did not even play just as I am? <laughs> what? You mean faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God? You mean that these people that they. He had not even told them yet. In order to go to heaven and not go to hell, you need to believe in Jesus. He had not even said that yet. And we start there. He, as he was telling them about Jesus, they received it and believed it, and their life was changed. Is that powerful for you? That is powerful for me. Like, they, they put their heart, like, what, they, what he was saying, they believed it in their soul, and it was evidenced in, in, in what, what some call the Gentile Pentecost. They broke out and speaking in different languages through the power of the Holy Spirit because God had to do that in that moment because I don't know if the Jews would have believed it otherwise. They had been so set in their minds that Gentiles were dogs. And in this moment it's mind blowing, it's blowing their mind that this is how people get saved. It's not by following all these rights and rules and and regulations and laws and and, and legalism and and it's not that it's not by being chosen and by your race and who you are and who you know and, and how much good you've done and how much you've gave. No, in that moment, in that instant, people believed and their life was changed. It was that simple. Mind-blowing to them. It says the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed. Their minds were blown. They didn't have emojis. If they did, they would have used that one. <laughs> that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. Now, I'm, I want you to expect this year that God's going to save some people that you can't believe are getting saved. That aren't like you. He's going to save people with tattoos. Can you believe that? That dress different than you? He, he's going to save people that drive uh, Mercedes Benz. They have nice homes. He's going to save people in power. He's going to save people under the bridge. He's going to save people. And no favoritism. Like I don't care about any of that stuff, who you are, where you come from, what you're doing. None of it matters. Do you believe? Believe in Jesus Christ because when you believe it changes your heart, you get the Holy Spirit because he's the God of the unexpected. And in this place, the unexpected people came together. Peter gives an unexpected message. You don't expect Peter to get up and say, I was wrong. (laughs) I'm going to start there. You will hear me from time to time reveal to you that God is changing my heart. I pray as long as I'm preaching and breathing, God is changing my heart. I want you to be hungry for God to change your heart, to realize that it is possible that you could be wrong about some things and some people. That the only thing that saves is faith in Jesus Christ. I'm going to close with just a couple applications. What are we going to do? What, what does this mean? Uh, one, I'd just like um, for us to be ready for the unexpected. Like if there's one thing you're going to do this year, expect the unexpected. It is not going to be exactly how you hope it is. But I want you to trust God in the unexpected. I want you to realize you're going to become friends with. I want you to try to be some friends with. I want you to meet some new people that may not be just like you, but I want you to meet them. I want you to share your faith with them. I want you to become close. You don't have to become best friends, but become friends. Fall into community with people. I want you to be hungry to grow in your understanding. Like this year, I want to know more about God. I want us to have that kind of appetite, that approach to what is coming next. I want us to be ready. Uh, looking back on 2021, my mind is blown by what God did in this place, uh, through our ministries. Uh, and it none of it, none of it could we have plotted out in a strategic goal. Like God did things that were totally unexpected. One more thing, then I want to go back to the, the, the unexpected from this year. Uh, the the third thing I want you to do, so I want you to be ready for the unexpected. I want you to be ready to be changed and grow in your mindset about God. I want you to be a witness. See what happened here. Who? Who's been to the new Japanese restaurant at Run? Yeah, you, you've seen it. That's good. I knew most of you probably hadn't. You've seen, everybody's seen the new Japanese restaurant at Run. You know it's there. It's different to drive by and see a sign or maybe see a post on Facebook. But if I come to you today, and 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 I'm not saying this, I don't know, I have eaten there. But if I came to you today and said, that restaurant, let me tell you, me and my wife, we went there. We ordered food from there. We got the, I don't remember what we got. Steak hibachi. And we got the crab rangoon. And let me tell you something. I was never the same. It's so good. Like the rice, the flavor, the steak. It was awesome. How many people right now, the difference between, oh, I've heard of it, to what he just said. Like, We're going to get in line as soon as church is over. I'm going. He said it was good. They went, and they said it was good. I trust him. He's a preacher. Don't trust every preacher. Don't trust me just because I'm a preacher. Hold me accountable. But he said, he said it was good. I'm going to go see what that is. See, that's what happened to the Cornelius and his friends and family. They had heard about Jesus and his teachings and what he had done three times down. You see, Peter showed up and he said, I knew him, I met him. He che- I, used to, I used to just fish in a boat, but now I'm a fisher of men. And I saw him in the garden. I saw them come get him. I saw him hang on a tree. Not only that, I ate and drank with him after God brought him back. I sat and had breakfast with him. He asked me personally to feed his sheep. There are people... Everywhere you look that have heard about Jesus, they know his story. They know the miracles he did. They know the Christmas story. They know he hung on a cross. But they need you and they need me to share our personal, our witness, our testimony. Oh, yeah, all that's true. Let me tell you what he did for me. I was wrapped up in addiction. My family was broken. I was consumed with myself. Whatever that story is of how God changed your life, to share that in a witness, as uh, uh, this changed these people. When, When they said, when the, Peter was telling it straight from his mouth, I was a witness, he said it. What can you witness to about what God has done in your life? See, we had unexpected things this year in the church. Uh, we, we helped and we're supporting and we're partnering to plant a new church in Weisberg. Never, We did not start January 1, 2020, and say, Let's plant a church in Weitzburg. We well, actually they didn't even say, Let's plant a church. We didn't even start and say, maybe we'll plan a church. We started by saying, what's church planning? Should we be a part of it? And yet now we have this new ministry getting ready to launch through Michael Clark in Whitesburg, Kentucky. Getting ready to start meeting in the next week or two. God has blessed them. He, he, he is moving in that ministry and in that work. Brought the new strategic partnership with our church, with Southland Christian Church. Get ready to launch an initiative in eastern Kentucky called Together for the Mountains, which is going to be more church planning, which is going to be God doing what what we think he can't, I believe he's going to, he's going to bring the followers of Christ together to love on this place, to change this place like we've never experienced. I didn't expect that this year. Brought new leadership into our team with Chris and Billy. I'm so thankful. I think you all can feel what God is doing through that that unexpected hope we have. Saw 10 people baptized this year. And each one of these, you know where it started? It started kind of like Cornelius. When he said, God told me to do this, so I did it. Each one of these had those moments for us. I think, about, uh, I think about Michael Clark, and when, when I realized we were going to get in this partnership and start working on church planning, God put it on my heart, Michael Clark, asking about church planning. So it was simple. We were standing in a store. I bumped into him, and so I did it. That's it. Like, so I just said, hey, you ever thought about planting a church? Here we are. He's got a name. He's got, he's got a team. He's, he's got resources, and it's getting ready to happen. There was a time somebody came to us and said, hey, it's on my heart to, to start, uh, to, to reopen the boxing gym. And so we did it. Last year, 2020, God put it on Bethany and our heart. We, we prayed for months and he said, leave your job. I didn't like that one. Just being honest. So we didn't do it for a while. And then we did it. I'm just a man. I'm just like Peter. I'm just like you. Nothing good that's come out of this has been anything we've done except what God is doing. Amen. We were moving our thrift store last year, moving it down to Division Street. We had kind of dreamed of having a coffee shop. God said, uh, uh, through circumstances and people, the other coffee shops closed. We were friends with one of the people that owned it, and they were, they said, we'll lease you the espresso machine. And we're like, I guess we could do a thrift store and coffee shop, whatever that is, we could just do it. And so we started down that path, and and you know, it was it was middle of COVID, it was terrible. And in, and in August of 2020, God just put it on my heart said, just open the place, just figure out, get it together. Put a date on the calendar you're going to open. Get the. I'll bring the te- people. I'll build the team. I'll do the things. I'll, I'll bring the money, all the stress. And so we just did it. We picked a date, said we're going to open. God, our lead barista, the day we opened, literally. We just kept going forward. So we did. Let me tell you about the market. I just want to share one story as we close, how God works. God of the Unexpected. Got this message from one of the girls that that worked there, she sent it to Bethany. Uh, She said, Beth, I'm so happy I listened to the Lord and stayed home this semester. I really knew I needed to be here, but I wasn't sure what impact and really why, like I never questioned anything, but now I understand all the people I've encountered the many godly friends. I finally have the ones I needed! Exclamation point. Yes, we're different denominations, but that doesn't really matter. I'm thankful for the market and everyone I'm blessed to know. Sorry this is so random, but I'm just so blessed with amazing people in my life, including you all. Yeah, we sell coffee. It's not about the coffee. It's about how God works in unexpected ways and unexpected places to do unexpected things that only He can do. God, as we close this morning, I'm so thankful that you use average, ordinary, everyday people who live out their faith. I'm so thankful that you bring the most unexpected people together. God, I'm so thankful that you continue to grow our faith as we walk in our trust in you. I'm so thankful about your method of salvation that it's so simple, that it's so easy, that somebody maybe here right now has just struggled. Trying to work and earn your love, wondering daily, weekly if they've done enough, if they've been good enough. And it's so simple that all we have to do is believe in Jesus Christ, make him Lord of our heart, Lord of our life, surrender our life to him. And in those moments, we are changed forever. And we're going to sing this last song, this song that we all know and we trust. And we're just going to pour our hearts out in this honest that we need you. Lord, we need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.